In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the final talk. And we need to... How can we apply everything that we have learned? Listening or reading a, a biblical character. You agree? So what we're going to do in this uh, talk... We're going to read one chapter, but I need to ask you to do it diligently. In other words, we want really to read it, one chapter. H have you read one chapter today? You have? One chapter a day will keep the devil away. <laughs> My father confessor used to tell me that you need to talk to him once a day, you need to hear him once a day, talk to him, prayers. Hear him once a day, eat him once a week, which is the liturgy. So if we, it's a very good prescription. The chapter that we're going to read from is from First Samuel. And we're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 18. And in order to do it diligently, let's take some notes, right? Because if we don't apply what we learn, I am talking to myself with you, we are not wise. Wisdom, what's the definition of wisdom? Knowledge applied, right? So let us read this chapter. And before we read this chapter, some people have this misconception about the Old Testament. And say, I read the Old Testament, I don't understand it. This is a surprise to me, because all of you are very intelligent people, and you have read much, much more difficult books than this. So you know that this is from Satan. <laughs> or we don't want to exert some effort to understand it, right? Therefore, believe me, you won't be able to enjoy the New Testament so much unless you understand the Old Testament. The New Testament is hidden in the Old Testament. Therefore, if you understand the Old Testament, you will be able to enjoy the blessings of the New Testament. St. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, that's the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at this beautiful verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. He was explaining the Old Testament to the Corinthians, and then he felt that the people were not getting it. So he said in verse 11, Now all these things, talking about the Old Testament events, happened to them as, as what? As what? Examples. What happened to you? It's, it's right there. <laughs> so, 
So all these, let's say it again. Now all these things happen to them as examples. To whom? To us. And they were written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends, the ends of the ages have come. So every time you read a passage in the Old Testament, it is for your admonition. Every letter, every verse, every name. Now all these things happen to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Having said that, Let's go to First Samuel chapter, chapter 18. And you will find out, even this chapter was written 3,000 years ago, is as relevant today. Is as relevant today as it were 3,000 years ago. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, who's he? David. So before we, uh, in order to understand, let's go to chapter 17, which is the chapter before that. You know that, right? Since 18. And we're going to read the last. That's, it's not a good idea to have a lecture right after dinner. You know that? It's, to both the speaker and especially that piece of the, the that cheesecake thing that where's Peter? I was not planning to eat it, man, and he just gave it to me at the wrong time. No. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. David had just beaten Goliath, and you know what he did, and, and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. He put his armor in his tent. Look what happened. When Saul, that's the king of Israel, saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, Abner is the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is, is this youth? Asking about David. And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. This is the end of chapter 17. And let's see what happened in chapter 18. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, David was speaking to Saul. The soul of Jonathan. Jonathan is a prince. He is Saul's womb son. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day, took David, Saul took David that day, 
and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. In other words, what this has to do is work. Saul employed David. So here Saul is the employer and David is the employee. And we're going to apply the principles that God had given to us through the last three talks and how David applied the biblical principles of the relationship between an employee to the employer. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. You know, unfortunately, homosexuals would take this verse and make a point out of it. Nothing can be farther from the truth. They, this, they, they are defeating the art and science of biblical interpretation. Here you have Jonathan is what? He's a prince. He would be very jealous of whom? Of David. But the Bible is telling us that Jonathan was not jealous of, of David. That's why he loved him because of the, the gifts that God had given him in defeating the Philistines. And he was not even jealous even if he take the throne from him. You're with me? Okay. And Jonathan took off the robe that was in him and gave it to David with his armor even to his sword and his bow and his belt. In other words, Jonathan was telling him, it is okay. It is okay if you would become the next king. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. Here is the first principle. Remember, what does W stand for? Willingly obey your employer. Right? So therefore, David went out wherever Saul sent him. Servant's heart. Servant's heart. But he, he, he did not, he had a great mindset. He had a great mindset. Do you have that mindset? Or when your boss tells you to do things, the first thing you look at is your job description. And you tell him, it's not in my job's description. And if he started talking, you start thinking of contacting a lawyer. No offense. <laughs> Absolutely no offense. Actually, I meant it. <laughs> no. So David, is all of the cheesecake, I'm telling you. That's all. Of <laughs> so David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. Behaved wisely. We're going to get back to this word. Behaved wisely, it's, it's so good, so beautiful. Uh, you know, one of the great things about studying the Word of God, when you study the Word of God and you read the patristic comments on every verse, you would feel like you're outside of this world. 
Sometimes you, you, you open your Bible and you read and you read and you understand and all of a sudden you start kissing the word of God. And you don't know what to do with it. You, you bow to it. You, you, you start screaming, telling the whole world about the, the beauty of his word. It's the breath of God, as we say in the Holy Psalmody. So behaved wisely, just make a note of it. I, I wish we had actual Bibles where you can you know, underline. But now, I don't know, can, can you mark in your holy mobiles? I don't know. So David went out wherever Saul sent him, and that's the first principle, and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he got promoted. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. When you apply God's principles, things will go good with you. When you are content, when you are content with your wages. You know, St. John the Baptist, we just celebrated his martyrdom last Monday. Do you remember? Did you remember? You, you didn't. Okay. I love St. John the Baptist. My church is named after him, or, or his church is named after him, and I work for him. The soldiers asked him one time, what sh the Roman soldiers, what shall we do to be saved? You know what did he tell them? Be content with your wages. Be content with your wages. And I told you, in America, the we are all governed by greed. We're asking for higher wages, lower taxes, right? And we're asking for cheaper prices. How can this happen? So crazy. So everyone is looking for his own interest. Therefore, America has lost its place in the, in the world. That's why China's coming, right? So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So now, everything, these are what we call the high moments in the employment of David. Have you had those? Absolutely, right? We've all had them. High moments. You get re you're recognized, employee of the month, separate parking spot, right? Taking you to lunch or having lunch with the superiors. What have you? Now? I don't know about that. <laughs> or. You get your accolades, you're recognized. These are high moments. Promotion. It's not going to be like this all the time. We all know that, right? <laughs> we all know that. So verse 6. Now it happened as they were coming home. When David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, 
singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his 10,000. I'm very glad you're paying attention. Then Saul was very what? Who Saul? The employer. He was very what? Angry. And the saying, the saying of the women displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? And look at verse 9. So Saul huh, eyed David from that day forever. Can you, can you relate to that? Your boss now promoted you. You behaved wisely. You were willingly doing whatever is required from you. But now, he's a bad boss. Angry boss. Envious boss. Low self-esteem boss. Remember the valleys, right? Remember the mountains? Anyway. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul, upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand and Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence. How many times? Twice. Two times. Imagine now your, your boss hates you. And you don't have the option to, you don't have the option to leave. You don't have the option to leave. So what should you do? Pray that God will kill him. <laughs> the pray that God would have a that he would have a stroke coming to work. God, yeah, they were very good people. <laughs> Zika virus come to. Work. <laughs> leave of absence, yeah, maternity leave. So the second principle, what happens when things are not so good? You're not in good terms with your boss. And I, I can see it in all your eyes and say, you don't even know my boss. What happens when things are not so good? He was about to kill him twice, twice. But look at what the Bible says. Remember who, who said uh, that the boss was afraid of you? <laughs> right? It's a biblical, man. Yeah, verse 12. Now Saul, I'm telling you, this word of God is, uh, is so relevant. It's so relevant. Now Saul was afraid of David. Who should be afraid of, of whom? He's the king. 
I was just, uh, he was trying to pin him, so he escaped. Yeah, he, he just, he avoided the, the spear. Yeah, he avoided the spear. It's like, it's like yeah. No, no, he escaped it this way. And, yeah. Now Saul was afraid of David. Why he was afraid of David? Because the Lord, the Lord was with him, and but he, but had departed from Saul. The Lord had departed from Saul. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence. What do you call that? Job transfer. I don't want you to be in my presence. I hate you. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And look at the, the verse. And he went out and came in before the people. When you read these verses, when you read words like this in the Old Testament, the, these are Hebrews axioms that you need to understand what do they mean. What does it mean? He went out and came in before the people. Even in English, it does not really uh, make a lot of sense. What does it mean? He went out and came in before the people. I I'll tell you, in order to understand that, let us go to Ro uh, Numbers, the book of Numbers. So Mark, if, if we have Bibles, I would tell you, put your finger on this page and then go. I don't know what to say when you have mobiles. Anyway, go to the book of Numbers. Chapter 27. And let's read verses 15 to 17. Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Look at this verse 17. Who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no what? Shepherd. So what does it mean? Saul as a leader forfeit his position as what? As a leader. Who fulfilled the gap? But if you have a bad boss, would you want the company to succeed? Hmm? Would you want the company to succeed? He had transferred you from the job that you excelled at to the point that you had a promotion. But he transferred you. So he said, let it sink, right? Let it sink. They don't want my efforts. Whatever they pay me for, I will work accordingly. Not even a single hour, more, no overtimes, nothing. That was not David. That was not David. He knew that Saul forfeited his leadership position, so he said, I have to fill 
God had put me in this place to fulfill uh, to fulfill the gap to fill the gap the same thing you'll find in 2nd Samuel just to to tell you that you have to when you study the scriptures you have to be consistent you can't and it, it, that's why a lot of people that's why we have a lot of heresies that's why we have a lot of denominations that they take one word out of context and they make out of it what? A doctrine. But you have to be consistent how this word is described in this context and how it is used in other contexts, whether it has the same meaning or not. In Second Samuel chapter 5, you will find the same concept. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also in the time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led, look at that, you are the one who led Israel out and brought them in. The same concept. The same concept. See, when you see that, you get a smile in your face because you have divided the word of God in truth. That's what we say in the Holy Divine Liturgy. Remember? And those who divide the word of God in truth when we speak about the bishop and when we speak about the pope and the priests. Let's go back to the chapter that we're studying. Which book? 18. Perfect. And Saul cast, where did we stop? Right here. Okay. Therefore, in verse 13, Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And this is the second principle. When you are being treated not nice at work, you need to do what? An excellent job. It's hard to do, right? It's very hard to, but let's see how God can help. Remember, we said one of the principles rely on God because there is no other besides him. And David, here again, we're going to get back to this word. It's a beautiful word. And David, what did it say? Behaved wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. So what happened when you don't behave wisely? Yeah. So therefore, you won't be able to do it. But if the Lord is with you, you know, this is the first, the first thing that we say in the Holy Divine Anaphora. Do you know what the Anaphora is? Huh? In the Holy Divine Liturgy? What the Anaphora starts with? Hmm? Huh? Lift up your heart. Anaphora, right? Ta'rafu Anaphora? Yeah, Hianafura. It goes up. The water fountain. Lift up your hearts. The Lord is with you. And also with the priest. The priest is not giving the priest and the people. The Lord is with us. That's the beginning of the divine liturgy. So the, 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 the Lord is with you. It means you are acting wisely. You are acting wisely. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. 
Therefore, when Saul saw, you see, remember, I was talking to some of you, and they said, how can I witness at work? You don't need to talk. You need to do. People will see. Will see. Therefore, when, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, what happened? He was afraid of him. He was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David. Why did they love David? Because he was apathetic? Because he didn't care? Right? I don't care. <laughs> but all Israel and Judah loved him. Why did they love him? Because he filled the gap. He became the leader that they wanted to have, but they didn't. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out. Now you understand what does it mean, went out and, and came in before them. Because he led them. He led them. In other words, he said, he is treating me bad, I will step up. And instead of making his boss look bad, when Saul was not leading David, did not drop the ball. Then Saul said to David, here is my older daughter, Merib. I will give her to you as a wife. Here is a bon bonus, right? I'm giving you a bonus. By the way, first time when he killed the Philistine, he did not give him the bonus that he, but he was not working for him at that time. He made, he said, whoever kills the Philistines, I will give him my daughter, Michal. She was more beautiful than Merib. <laughs> so what happened? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And inner beauty is much better than outer beauty. Okay. <laughs> See, I told you, no, then, no, no lectures after dinner. <laughs> and, and no three lectures consecutively also. <laughs> then Saul said to David, here is my older daughter, Merib. So what, what I'm trying to tell you that David had every right not to trust whom? Saul. So, so it's a bonus. I know he was going give, to not give it to me. So why should I work hard? You know, remember the pumper sticker? Right? Working hard is good, but why, <laughs> why should I take a chance? Working hard may, may kill me, but why should I take a chance? Okay. Then Saul said to David, here is my older daughter, Merib. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant uh, for me and fight the Lord's battles. Here he's talking spiritual talk because David spiritual. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So let me now, 
I have tried to kill him more than once and he escaped. Now, this man belongs to God and, and he was afraid of him and, and the Lord was with him. I will put him in the front row so he can be killed by the Philistines, not me, so I will be in good terms with God. You're with me? Yeah, we're very good at spiritualizing evil. <laughs> David behaved wisely. What did David say? So David said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my life? Or my father's family in Israel, that I should be son-in-law to the king. And imagine, did he give him the bonus? Look at verse 19. But it happened at the time when Merib, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel the Meholathite as a wife. Imagine that. You were promised a bonus, and instead of your, you getting it, Another fellow who does not do a good job, get it. His boss pulled it back the second time. But David was honoring the authority. Remember St. Peter, what did he say? Honor the king as supreme the same king who crucified him upside down nero the same emperor who beheaded saint paul saint peter said to the people honor the king as supreme not for his personality but for his position do you know how much we all don't like our president but we still pray for him in every liturgy we do. The president, the army, the counselor, we have to. We're instructed by God to pray for the president. We may disagree with him, but we have to pray for him. Not, be, not for, for who he is, for his what? Position. Are you enjoying this? Yes. Okay. Perfect. He, he had an untrustworthy boss. He could not leave, so he had to do a good job. You have the option to leave. If you want to leave, leave. But if you're, if you're leaving for the wrong reason, <laughs> you may end up with another boss like the one you left. It's like second marriages, right? If it didn't work the first time, <laughs> why it would work the second time? Now, make... Uh, no, there, every, every case is different. It's all because of the cheesecake, I'm telling you. Verse 20. Now, Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. So they told him, why, did you, why didn't you give him 
Michael. You know that Michael loved him, so why you didn't give him to him? So he, he said, well, this is maybe a good thing. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him, that the, hand, that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law today. You see, he was, uh, he was trying to, uh, to impose on his personal life, and he would use his own daughter to, what, to get rid of his employee. And Saul commanded his servants. Because Saul was afraid of David, he could not look him in the eye and tell him that. So he had to use what? A third party. And Saul commanded his servants, communicate with David what? Secretly. And say, look, the king has delight in you and all his servants love you. That's the annual evaluation. Now, therefore, become the king's son-in-law. Here, here, this is your time to gossip, right? You're not talking to Saul. These are the lunchtime, the breakfast area, donuts and coffee, and then we're standing together talking about what? Our boss. The boss is giving you a message, and this is your time to vent your anger. So Saul's servant spoke those words in the hearing of David. And David said, it's amazing how David really behaved wisely. He was not afraid of lawsuits. He was not afraid of someone recording him with using iPhones, right? He knew he was working for God. Does it seem to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law? Seeing I, I, I am a poor man, unlightly esteemed man. He didn't say that his boss is untrust, untrustworthy. I don't trust him. That he bypassed me twice. He promised me two bonuses and I didn't get them. He gave the first woman to my best friend. Why should I trust? Did he say that? He didn't say any of that. And the servants of Saul told him, saying, in this manner David spoke. Then Saul said, thus you shall say to David, the king does not desire any dowry. You know what's a dowry? But 100 foreskins of the Philistines. You know, this you don't get from Publix. You don't get from, uh, right? This is, you have to work hard to get those. To take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. Make him fall by the hand of the Philistines. So do you think he would do that? Do you think he would risk his life for the third time for an untrustworthy boss? So when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not expired. Therefore David arose and went, he and his men, and killed 200 men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins. They asked him for how many? 100. What did he get? 
What's this in percentage? Right. 200%. And David brought their foreskins and they gave them in full count to the king that he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him Michal, his daughter, as a wife. You know why did he give it to him this time? Because there were witnesses between. Thus saw, saw, see here, saw and knew. Saw and knew that what are you know that you have you are being eyed by everyone in the workplace because you have proclaimed yourself a Christian and I'm sure like the stories that we have heard in the in the first workplace each one of us has numerous ones right and I can tell you a lot even about mine the saw saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was still more afraid of David, so Saul became David's enemy continually. Continually. So he, the last thing that he wanted to use, he wanted to use his, his own daughter as a secret agent to kill his, his son-in-law. He wanted to impede in the home's situation. I, I want to share with you, how, how much time do we have? Okay. There are two phrases, two phrases that were repeated six times in this chapter. Yeah? There are two phrases that were repeated six times in this chapter. I, I behaved wisely. Good, bravo, Alec. If I have uh, dollars, I would have given it to you, but I don't. Next time, <laughs> bring 100 new dollars, better Okay, okay. Cheesecake, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no cheesecake. No bueno, no bueno. It's, it's a very, it's very interesting. Are you in for a, a just little bit of Bible study? Okay. I'll, I'll show you these two phrases. The first time it appeared, as, as Paul said in verse 12, now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. I told you there are two phrases. He behaved wisely and the Lord was with him. And look at verse 14. And David behaved wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him and then look at verse 30 then the princes of the Philistines went out to war and so it was whenever they went out that David huh, behaved more wisely than all the servants of, the, of Saul so that his name became highly esteemed 
Look at verse 28. Then saw, saw and knew that the Lord was with David. And look at verse 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. Naam. Thank you. Anna She's right. Min biarraf Arabi hina. Min biarraf Arab. Kana? Huh? Kana? Yuflah. Yuflah yani eh? Succeed. Succeed. But here, behaved wisely. So is there a contradiction? The translation is not accurate? What do you think? The Hebrew. The Hebrew. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Absolutely. So let's let's do a little Bible study, right? Okay. The word the word behaved wisely in Hebrews. In, in Hebrews, it's spelled like this, sakal, S-A-K-A-L, sakal. And I'll tell you what this, this word means, sakal. And, and if, you, if you can Google it, you know, Google is one of the saints of the church. May his blessings be upon us. <laughs> so, so, so if you Google the word sakal in Hebrews, you don't have to do it now. <laughs> you want to check your Facebook? Not now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The word sakal means what? And here, here is the, the exact, if you were to, uh, to Google it, this is what it will appear. To consider, to instruct, to deal uh, proudly. Uh, to deal prudently, to have wisdom, to prosper, to prosper, you see? So the word sakal here, which is behaved wisely, David knew what he needed to do, and he applied what he knew, therefore he succeeded or prospered. What's so good about this, if you, if you go to certain other verses in the scriptures and you will see the same word, prosper, wise, behaved wisely, in, in English and Arabic they use two different words, but in Hebrews, sakal. Let me show you. For example, in, uh, in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The Lord gave a prescription to Joshua. He told him that this book of the law shall not what? Huh? Depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. It's like what, you're do what we're doing now, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. When you observe, when you do what is in it, then you will make your way what? This way prosperous, sakal. So, you will 
تفلح exactly the same word say تفلح in Arabic سقال prosperous behaved wise but you cannot separate wisdom from application right so when you apply wisdom you have a lot of people know a lot of things right can I tell you one thing that really hurts me we know a lot about the Lord but do we know him we know a lot about the church but do we know do you know the church Sakal, Sakal. Uh, let me show you another, the same in, in uh, our mother, Eve. You know, that's why we're all brothers and sisters. We came from Eve and Adam. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. This is the first time this word appears, Sakal. So when the woman saw, woman, that's our mother, Eve, saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, sakal, prosperous. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. David knew and applied what he knew, so he prosper in other words it's a cause and effect behaved wisely and prosperous i'm done which means you should be happy so therefore now we need to we're going to leave right i want to ask you one thing can we dedicate tomorrow's liturgy to our work situation. Right? And tomorrow we don't have to drive. Right? You don't have to drive to go to church. <laughs> right there. And maybe this will be your first time to attend the liturgy from the beginning. Maybe you haven't done it before. Maybe this is, will be a, a, a momental hour in your life. I have one on the congregation told me that I have never seen you opening the curtain. You know, he, because he comes late. I'm, I'm not going to wait for him. <laughs> hmm? No, no, a very old man. He said, I've never seen a priest opening. Do you guys, when do you open it? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm serious, really. I, I am serious. You know, uh, this is not about work. Actually, the liturgy is work. The liturgy, liturgia, liturgy, and this is the, the word, we don't use the word mass. Mass is a Latin word, it's, it's a you know, you'll find the priest doing his own thing and the, the congregation are not involved. But in the liturgy, the le, 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 leos, which is the people, and, and orgies work. So the work of the people, right? So that's why a priest cannot do a liturgy by himself, right? Even if we don't have uh, deacons. <laughs> we'll have to do it. The, 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 the congregation have to to pick up the ball, right? Not to drop the ball. We have to fill in the gap. 
there is nothing more important in the whole world than the liturgy. You know, and the liturgy is God is with us. You know, and sometimes you, you say, uh, oh, it is a memorial, do this in remembrance of me. He said, do this. He did not say, remember this, <laughs> remember that. <laughs> he said, do it. If he wants us to think about it, as some people say, he would not have said, do it. So do this, it means it requires what? Work. Do this in remembrance of me. What does the word remembrance mean? It means if you want me to be with you on this table, do this. If you want me to be with you, the Lord is with you. That's the beginning of the Anna for The Lord is with you and with your spirit. So if you want me to be with you, present body, and spirit and blood, I am going to be with you if you, want to, if you want me to be with you. But if you don't want me to be with you, don't do it. Don't show up. So I am really begging you to make it a point to come early tomorrow and to, un to, un to understand the liturgy and to exert effort to pray wholeheartedly. And thank God we have screens. Thank God we have translation. If you don't understand it in English, understand it in Arabic, understand it in Coptic, Google it. <laughs> Whatever. It's not, a, it's not a, an enigma. It's not a riddle. It's not a play. It is the presence of God. We're not just... It's not a superstitious thing. God is with us on this table by himself. It is, Pope Carolus used Pope Cyril VI, he said, once you enter the church during the liturgy, don't stop your mouth from praying because heaven is open. This is a moment that God is with us. You can tell him exactly how you feel. You can tell him, you can just praise him for who he is. So I am begging you not to let this opportunity pass by. Tomorrow, what time, Sandy? 8.30. I promise you, if, I'm not, if I don't go home to be with the Lord, I'm going to be here 8.15, 8 a.m. to prepare for you, to make sure everything is fine. And then we will enjoy the liturgy together. And then we will dedicate this liturgy to our work situation, right? To apply this work ethics that, we, that God had shown us from the Holy Scriptures. These are not my, 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 my principles. It's from just the word of God, straight from the word of God. Tell, tell God, I want to apply this. I want to be your ambassador. I want to be your agent. I want you to be in the places where you're not there, right? They want God out of everything, but he has his agents right here. So they can't get him out because he de is depending on you. Amen. To God be the glory forever. Amen.